Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Twenty-seven and a half hours from the regular season finale for Mississippi State and Ole Miss for the 2023 Egg Bowl. 6.30 Central Time kickoff tomorrow night on ESPN with Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, and Cole Kubelik on the call. And of course, if you're listening to it on the radio with the Mississippi State Radio Network, you'll get Neil Price on the call, and of course, David Callum on the call for Ole Miss. We are glad to be with you. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You want to be a part of the conversation? Hope you'll hit us up on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That's the newest plan from ceasefire. If you're a parent, it gives you the protection that you want to see for your children's, uh, for your children's, all your children's, all your children's, Gives you that protection for them when they are online and on the phone. And uh, they get to uh, connect to the world the way they want to. Learn more about it online at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspire. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Hello, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good What's afternoon. What's going on? Our final show before... Thanksgiving, our final show before the Egg Bowl. Yeah. You guys love Thanksgiving as much as I do. Love it. Absolutely love it. I my mean, favorite holiday. Although, you know, I don't get to see you know my family because of this stupid football game. Uh, I, I still uh, love the holiday uh, nonetheless. Um, I mean, there's always the weekend. Yeah, but it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. And so this is like the getting, biggest misnomer getting for Thanksgiving. 30 people to alter their plans in schedule just for me is incredibly selfish and I refuse to do it. So no, it's no. me that has to sacrifice, that not 30 people. Because again, I, I'm not going to be selfish. But Wait, hold on, let, let's adjust what you said though. It's not a stupid football game, it's a great football game. You just think the day on which yes, it is played precisely. is stupid. Although this year, I've been thinking about this this week, uh, this game, although different, of course, apples to oranges, but they're both round things that you can eat, right, uh, has a similar feel 
uh, to last year in that one of the teams, their fan base is largely focused on something else. You know, last year it was, you know, what's Kiffin going to do? I mean, all week it was, you know, what's he going to do? The the Sokolov thing on Monday happened, and then for the rest of the week it was like, well, I, I mean, is Lane staying or leaving? That was the question, and this is obviously different because Mississippi State has already fired Zach Arnett, but the fan base is far more focused on who their next football coach is going to be uh, than they are the game. I mean, it, it is far more important that they make the hire correct than they win the game tomorrow. It's a weird deal when you're talking about a game against your bitter in-state rival, but I think that is the reality of Mississippi State's situation at the moment. I'm being quiet. Yeah. I'm giving hey, Dad. It felt like that was a response needed by yeah, Mr. Just, hey, Dad. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so worn out by this game. <laughs> this, this year, I'm just, I'm just, see? I'm, I'm, I'm see, like a, exactly, like my, I'm like a right race there. car, like that's like I, 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 I should have pitted a few laps ago, and I'm gonna come across the finish line on fumes here. You know, I'm sure though, not I'm sure. The thing is, you you say coming in on fumes, and it's because, in some ways. The entire offseason for Mississippi State was full of questions of what it was going to look like with the new coaching staff. And now you're pressing the reset button, and the entire offseason, you know, from uh, when we really kind of turn our attention to next year, which is what, mid-January or so, after all the bowl games are over and the national championship's over and we've gone through the early signing period and, you know, there's still going to be portal stuff that happens, but... As we look toward 2024's football season, it's going to be similar in the way that we look at Mississippi State. You know, how are things going to look with a new coaching staff? Who's going to be the quarterback? How are you replacing Buki Watson and Jet Johnson, you know, at linebacker, trying to fill those plugs, all of those things? Uh, and so it's, it's really, hey, Dad, it's been almost a calendar year in terms of building up to this season, and then the season doesn't go the way anybody wants it to go, and you're right back to kind of square one and starting over. I guess I kind of get what you're saying with regard to being exhausted. Yours may have been more just about this game than about the entire season, mm-hmm. but it feels like that's a reasonable assessment no. for the entire year. It is about the the entire season. It's just been, it's just been. I, I've said this a few times on the podcast. Like this season has felt more like work. Than any football season I've ever had to had to go through. Now that's not you know I'm not one of these people who's like oh I'm working so hard. I'm not. It's it's I, this is I work three hours a day. Yeah, you know, another hour for the podcast. Another hour tonight because I have a live show. A five hour day is a hard day of work for for Brian Haydad. But it, it really you has been thing. like I know right. So when when you when you think about Thanksgiving, you know think about me. Um, but it, it has it has like. Mentally, and not just because I'm. Everybody knows I'm a bulldog. That's fine, but like, it's tough to sell crap. And you know, that's my job is to like get people to listen to my podcast and get people excited to listen to our show. And who wants to do that when the team's not good? And it's not only they're not good; they're not interesting. They're they're not exciting to talk about. There there there's nothing to like I can point to and say, well, yeah, this year, but. You know, I don't have that. So it's been a it's been a tough sell this year.
Is that the biggest hope slash fear as it pertains to this coaching search and who ultimately yes. Mississippi State brings in? Because you've said that Mississippi State has got to, you know, wins and losses are most important, but in the absence of numerous wins, being fun and exciting really, really matters so that people are, are fired up about it and feel like they got right. a chance. You got to you got to you got to win the press conference a little bit with this hire. You got to have somebody that fans are like, okay, I'm excited. I, that's a name that gets me excited. You can't show up, you know, with 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 somebody. And you're just like, okay, here he is, and nobody, everybody's thinking, why why am I interested? Why am I excited? Why am I giving to the Bulldog Initiative? Things like that. Ceasefire text line chasing Columbus says the good news is when state gets smoked, we are all in white flag mode pregame. So when it's 44 to 14. We're going to care and hurt a whole lot less. He goes on to say, "There's going to be it's going to be a lot less heartbreaking than someone in Ann Arbor, Columbus, Eugene, or Seattle." I guess, but we also get this yeah. message that says, "Wrong." State fans are worried about the Egg Bowl. The coaching hire will be what it is. It, it's just my opinion. You could you take it whatever. I, I, you should be far more State, worried about who the next coach is than the result tomorrow night. State fans want to win this game. Of course, they don't. Nobody wants Absolutely. to lose to Ole Miss, but but at the same time, there is a, there is an air of it, it is what it is. Let me ask you this, and, and I'm not trying to be inflammatory with this question: Do State fans want to win this game tomorrow night more because hey, it's a win over Ole Miss, or because of what it potentially spoils? For Ole Miss and the misery think, that it could inflict on Ole Miss and its fans as a result of a positive outcome for the Bulldogs. I don't think that's necessarily just unique to Mississippi State. When you have a rivalry game and one team is much better than the other and the other team can play spoiler, yeah, you, you want to win to play spoiler for sure. Yeah. Um, you can chime into the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. No many of you are probably on the road this afternoon traveling to loved ones or friends, maybe out of state, and you're listening online or on the app as you travel, or maybe you're already headed to Starkville, getting ready for uh, the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. You're going to do Thanksgiving in Starkville in advance of the game. Wherever you are, however you're listening uh, if you're on the road, please be safe, and uh, we wish you safe travels and great time with uh, with family and friends. Hey, Dad, your uh, your Thanksgiving is Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Can't do it Friday. I got to work. Yeah, should or do. That's right. That's right. Um, hey, and looks like as long as my flight does what it's supposed to do, I'm gonna be able to join you mm-hmm. guys for almost the entire three hours on uh, on uh-huh. Friday. So, I mean, oh, great. All right, get. Yes. Ah, it's just, uh, the, just the ignominy of defeat wasn't enough. I had to deal with them all day. Great. Well, depending on the outcome of the game, I might have a flight delay that you guys don't know about, but we'll we'll see. Hey, travel this time of year is uh, is nuts. You see a lady I'll gave tra- birth on the plane. The state this wins. Week? I'm gonna track you down, Cross. By the way, just know that I will I will find someone to put a camera on you. Yeah. yeah, some lady was going on like a cross-world flight, and before it took off, she gave birth to a baby. It's like, should, shouldn't should you not be on the on a plane at this stage? doesn't matter, though. Uh, she was a champ and, and, and delivered a baby on an airplane. That happened this week. Good for her. I'm glad there was somebody on the plane that knew enough about what was going on to uh, <laughs> uh, 
play catcher and, uh, you know, catch the baby on the, the way out. <laughs> Sports Talk of Mississippi. We have much to do. We have much football to talk about, but we've also got Thanksgiving menus to talk about. We'll do that next. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. For a second about this message on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. First of all, the overall premise of the message of looks like it's down to the following three candidates is based on what? Message boards reporting that might or might not be accurate. Hey, Dad, the message says, looks like it's down to Barry Odom, Willie Fritz, John Sumrall, very underwhelming group of finalists. I responded to our texter friend, but that kind of feels like three pretty good football coaches. He said, not better than Rhett Lashley, Jamie Chadwell, Mike Elko, Lance Leipold, heck, Tom Herman or J.G. Kinney, sorry, G.J. Kinney, would have been way better. And I responded to him, I get Odom kind of being ho-hum, but Fritz has won everywhere that he's ever been, and John Sumrall is an absolute rising star in the coaching profession. So, let's go back to the initial premise. The idea that it, it appears to be down to these three candidates. Do you have any thought on that? He's saying he's basing it on national reporters from 247. I think that's that's uh, iffy proposition. To, to base it on on reports from anyone at this time, even me, I, I, I just come out and tell you I've heard I have my sources and I hear what I hear, but I'm not hearing it from Zach Selman, and and, and until he, he said he wasn't going to speak again until he was introducing the coach, that not to believe anything if you didn't hear it from him, I, I I tend to buy into that. He has he has got this search pretty locked down. It's been Greg Byrne esque over here the past few days. The ninja, yeah. We may have another ninja on our hands. All right, what about those three names, though? Odom, it would be an absolute unmitigated disaster, in my opinion. Terrible hire. Guy was not a good coach at Missouri. Uh, he was 500. He, a good he was an average coach at Missouri. In Very four years, average. he was 25 and 25 overall and 13 and 19 in the SEC. In the SEC East from 20, what, 16 to 2019? That's a much easier time in the East back then, so that's not impressive at all. Not good. Wouldn't take. Uh, Fritz, I'm, I'm so lukewarm on him. Uh, the age is one thing. I know he's been successful the past couple of years, but what was he before Pratt at Tulane? Not good. He was 2-10 two, two, two just a few years ago. That was with I, I can't. I can't. With 2-10? Two, two mm-hmm. Yeah, three seasons I thought Pratt's ago. only been there the last two years. No, no, no. This is this is Pratt's been there the entire time. He's a three-year starter. Okay. Um, that was the oh, year that they played Oklahoma in the opener and came within an eyelash of winning that game in Norman. And yeah. then they played Ole Miss. They got crushed two. by Ole Miss. O- Ole Miss boat raced them, and then the injuries just piled up and piled up and piled wow. up and piled up. And then they followed just, it up the next year with Pratt and Ty J Spears and. 
obviously last season was a pretty magical. I'm just lukewarm on Fritz. Lukewarm would be the word. I like Sumrall. I I believe I know for a fact that he has interviewed for the job. I I I believe I know that for a fact. Well, I have a good source on that. That's one. A, qualifier, I have a, a, a qualifier on. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Because you, you I never know. You never I know. I know that for a fact. I wasn't in the room, but I got a, I got a good source on that one. Gotta be in the um, room where it happens. The room where it happens. Exactly. Where... I like Sumrall. I mean, it's it's difficult to get around the fact that no matter what you think of him, he's twenty-one and four as a head coach. Going to be. I mean, he's going to win beat Southern Miss this weekend to be twenty-two and four and be the odds-on favorite to win the Sun Belt again. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's a particularly exciting offensive coach. So that that's somebody that you know I feel like State would need to pair with, a, with an exciting offensive coordinator. But they can go do that. They can do that. So of that grouping that you just listed, Sumrall would be the guy. I would, plus, Sumrall fits the idea. Uh, I like. I want. I want to go younger. I want. I want to see State go with a good young football coach. All right. So what about the names that he said? Hey, not better than these guys. Rhett Lashley. I mean, there's no doubt right. SMU's offense the last couple of years has been dynamic. But he also got run out of a couple of jobs in the SEC as an offensive coordinator, including at Auburn, which, yeah, maybe you shouldn't grade it on that. It's kind of dysfunctional. Defensively, they mm-hmm. haven't been very good. Some of that's personnel-based. I, I, I think Rhett Lashley would be a good hire, and he's he's good. To I do. agree. Um, I think we all think that it feels like Jamie Chadwell would be a good hire. Outstanding. We not, I we, think we have not seen Jamie Chadwell coach at this level. We just haven't. Yeah. But his success points to him being good. Chadwell to me is is of the of the realist, the truly realistic options. He's the number one. So is there any validity to Marcelo's report that he has decided to not pursue that job further? You, it, it, every day I feel like I get new information on that. Like some days it's like ah he's not that interested, and then some days it's. Now he's very much interested. So I I keep playing back and forth with it. Based on where he's coached recently, doesn't it feel like Jamie Chadwell, and and I'm talking about kind of the the East Coast and the Carolinas, doesn't it, and now Virginia, I know that Lynchburg's in Virginia where he is at Liberty now, but, but that same general part of the country, does it feel like Jamie Chadwell might be kind of waiting to see what dominoes fall if Mike Elko ends up going to A&M? That opens up the Duke job. Maybe he thinks that would be a better fit in the ACC, or Dave Doran leaves could, NC State, and that yeah, just something in that general. Could Shane Beamer has another could, bad year. That was what I was going to say. Could wait another year on South Carolina and see what happens there. And that's where he made all of his coaching hay. I mean, yeah, at every so, level, North possible. Greenville, sort of the Southern. same thing with Lashley too. I think you know Lashley being an Arkansas alum, he might try to wait out Pittman. Could be, could very well be the case. And Rhett Lashley's in a good spot. He's in a school that is committed to football, yeah. moving into making a new money. League. Yeah, uh, they can pay him what they need to pay him. NIL seemed to have that moving in the right direction. So, and then Lance yeah. Leipold's name was on this list of guys as well. And I think we all think that Lance Leipold yeah. is a really good football coach. Outstanding. He, he he's on the uh, the other side of the most realistic candidates. I think that he is a, a touch unrealistic. I don't think he's coming to Mississippi State. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for uh, being with us. You guys got your menus planned 
for either tomorrow or Saturday? Not Saturday. Tomorrow. I've already got tomorrow the turkey brining. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how long it's going to take to eat 16 pounds of turkey, but I... <laughs> <laughs> One bite at a time. Go. That's it's going to take a long time, and I'm okay with that. Freezers work. Freezers yes, work they do. Well. They, can, they can be warmed up and, and all those good things. Uh, hey, Dad, I know you have everything planned out to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey's thawing. It's not brining. But, there you go. Because uh, i got a couple extra days to, to work with. Uh, but, uh, yes, I got uh, all of my shopping is done, and uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, as soon as... I finish with you on Thunder and Lightning tonight. I will uh, will go home and rub down the turkeys with Wesson oil and give them a heavy dose of kosher salt flakes, and uh, they will sit like that until well after midnight, uh, and then we'll. Uh, what what. I thought you were questioning my uh, my plan. I probably should have done that. Last no, I'm not. I just ran out of time, though. I just ran out of time. So um, then we'll do uh, load up the, the the innards of them with orange slices and lemon slices and lime slices, and have that apple cranberry juice mix with some lemon juice and some lime juice, and shake down the uh, Tony C's on the outside. And uh, the plan is for them to go on the grill at. Two thirty, I'm thinking I'm going to light the fire one forty-five, two o'clock, something like that, and then they'll go on the grill at about uh, about two thirty, and then shoot for about seven hours later when they uh, they come off seven and seven and a half hours later, and uh, then they will rest. They will rest until it is time for them to be carved, and um, get the appetizers going in the the meantime. I'm going to do like sliced fillets to make medallions. Uh, to go with some Sister Schubert's rolls and a uh, pork sausage and cheese plate for the uh, the appetizer spread. Oh, we're going to be good. Going to be good. Sounds good. I don't Sounds know when good. I'm going to sleep, but we will eat well tomorrow at uh, at some point. Mike in Oxford says his Thanksgiving was yesterday. He just walked in the house from Hardy, Arkansas. That is, uh, that's where his people live. Uh, what is this? He says he cooked... Tagliatelle, is that right? Tagliatelle with sausage and veal bolognese sauce. Am I saying that right, Tagliatelle? Yeah. Grilled asparagus, butterscotch, flan from his mom. And, nice. Uh, Sounds good. To their neighbors. That a boy, Mike. Sounds really good. Good, uh, good on you. We'll work some Thanksgiving food conversation in and out uh, as we go throughout the uh, show this afternoon. We say we take a look at all of the games that are happening involving SEC teams this weekend on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio on this Wednesday, Egg Bowl Eve. What we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi.
big basketball day. Uh, Kansas just beat Tennessee 69-60 in the nice. Maui Invitational uh, that is being played this year in Honolulu. Uh, that's a that was the third place game, right? Because didn't didn't Tennessee lose earlier this week to Purdue? And Purdue's president Tennessee lost on, last night to, to Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee's president got on Twitter and was or not excuse me, Purdue's um president got on Twitter and complained about the uh, style of basketball that Tennessee played. Uh Ole Miss what is did, playing right now. What what did they do? Uh it was just he thought they were like physical and teams needed pads on and whatever. It was a really Welcome to the SEC, Chief. Boo the, who? Yeah, and they lost. Are they? They won. They won, and they complained. They won. Whatever. And then Danny White engaged with him. He's like, "You must not be watching the same game I am, or something like that." Whatever. (sighs) Administrator nonsense. Um, Ole Miss is in Philadelphia playing Temple right now. Early second half, seventeen and a half minutes to go. Four point lead for the Rebels. Forty three thirty nine. Led by as much as. 13 in the first half, I think it was. Alan Flanagan leading the way with 13 points for Ole Miss in that game. And Ole Miss has really, really struggled shooting the basketball this year. Different story today. 55% from the field, 55% from behind the arc. That's a uh, a pleasant development for this Ole Miss basketball team. So, uh, I'll keep you up to date with the scores of the, uh, the basketball games that are going on. I know I said a second ago we'd get to the college football games, uh, the SEC games this weekend. We will. But I, I, I need to know what you guys think. Um, Dave Clawson is a good football coach at uh, Wake Forest University. And uh, he was unimpressed with uh, what Notre Dame did to show their love to their quarterback, Sam Hartman. Uh he said Notre Dame brought him in and rented him for a year, and now they love him? This is where college football is. He went on to say, when that video played, by the way, as the video of Sam Hartman and his short time at Notre Dame finished, he walked off the field with uh, the Notre Dame public address system playing I Will Always Love You. Now, whether or not it was Whitney Houston's version or Dolly Parton's version, I, I don't know. But but that was what it was. So he said, when that video played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. Sam and I had a great discussion before the game and after the game, and I love the young man. I really do. I don't blame him at all for what he did. That's the system now. For him to have the opportunity to have that experience and make that type of money in one year, who can fault him? That's reality, and there's no point complaining about it. Here's a guy that we recruited and we developed, They're putting a video on him saying, we will always love you. Like, you only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. (laughs) I don't know that Dave Clawson is actually angry, but I thought those quotes were fantastic. Yeah, and remember... You can rent love nowadays. It's not that big a deal. Um... Notre Dame just swiped left, and there was Hartman. There he was. They matched. Isn't it right? 
I don't know, Forky. I don't. Why would we know? I don't know. Why would we know? I don't know. I think it's right. I don't think it's left. Either way. I just, I got the reference, and that's all I need. People are doing the, oh, that's sour grapes. No, no, it's not. In his statement, he talked about how he didn't blame him. And remember, at the end of last year, he was asked about, uh, at the end of the season, before Hartman even put his name in the portal, he was like, the kid's leaving. It's college football. You know, I don't blame him. He, He's been consistent through that. That's why I like Dave Clawson so much. Just very, yeah, this is how it is and and all that. But it is kind of lame. I get it. You got to do it. But it is kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I just kind of giggled when I read that. I was like, that is some, some high-level truth-telling. Yeah. By uh, by Dave Clawson there I about mean, his former quarterback. I will always love you. I mean, it's not even like he's, they're having a great year either. It, frankly, for him, he's been kind of stinky. It's just lame to do it like that, but oh well. Uh, they've been pretty good. He hasn't been great. He's great at the beginning of the year. Right? He was. and then but He got off to a really fast start. And then schedule got tougher. It did. Although, like Ohio had a State's defense, at Wake Forest, numbers wise, probably not near as much money in his bank account right now, though. Should stay. Yeah. I What's wrong, hey Dad? It's a, it's a slow starter. You got to. You should have dropped it in right at the. Uh, when the bass drops on that. I don't know. I, I mean, I thought we could continue the conversation so and then, like, you know, have a moment of silence when we get you to get us get us a DMCA strike. On this one. So you mean to, you mean to go like to the big finish? That's what you. That's where you should have just brought it in. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that in real time. Oh, the video with Kevin Costner like racing to her aid. Oh goodness. I mean, this is the song that we should be playing for all of college football, right? <laughs> this is how Hey Dad feels about it. college football. That's true. Here we go. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. No, it's coming. No, you've already missed it. Okay, I'll just, we'll let that go. Yeah. Whitney Houston's no, greatest good. national anthem in the history of the free world. Yes? True. True story there. Yeah. No, no debate. No, 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 not for me. Good. 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 Hey, Dad, you singing it tomorrow? The national anthem? Yeah. No, I, I haven't be, been contacted about no, that. Here's what I, I've I, our bets moving forward. Your bets. The loser has to try out when they do the national anthem tryouts sometime in the summer for Old Miss and Mississippi State games. They put them on social media because they want people to come try out. You have to go and you have to try. I think that's more of a pro sports thing. I don't yeah. think Old Miss and State do. They don't yeah, have they do. tryouts. I've said, they don't do that. Yeah, nah, they, they I've, have I've never seen come an in ad. And all day. I, I promise the people in the marketing department, if you're not on vacation already and you're listening, I promise they test people out to sing the anthems. I know they do it. You have to try out to sing the national anthem at an Ole Miss or a state game, whoever loses, and we get to record it on video and put it out there. And the, the, the caveat is you have to try. You can't screw it up. You have to try. If you're bad, you're bad. But you have to try, and you have to go to an audition to sing the national anthem at an Ole Miss or state sporting event. That is the punishment So, so this is moving what he wants his bet to be. 
No, this is what I want yeah. your bet to be because that's way better than wearing a jersey for that's an hour a, during the show. I, so Having I, to I, sing I the national anthem in front of people that decide whether or not you get to do it in, at a game is so much funnier than wearing exactly. a jersey for a show. It's uh, actually three different. I just don't, I just don't embarrass that easily. So it's like, but, it, but that, that's I would do it. It'd be fun. It would be funny, but exactly. like I, I wouldn't. But I'm not losing anything. I'm just like you know, it's not. It's not, I don't feel like embarrassed by doing it. Would you like? I would to feel much worse about wearing voice, or would you try to be oh, yeah. like, like a big voice? Guy? I'll go go that go that deep baritone. What's the, what's the guy's name? Jim Cornelius. Jim Cornelius. Is that his name? A Cornel Cornelius. Yeah. That does the Blackhawks. Yeah. Oh, say that's, that's where I'm going. <laughs> you know, yes, that's, that's how it's I'm meant going. to be sung, though. Whitney the Goat all time, but if if it's not Whitney, the traditional version, I, I actually like better. He was on a morning show in Chicago one year. It was, I think it was like when the Blackhawks were doing a playoff run, and they were like, hey, would you sing it? He's like, let's go. <laughs> they like stood up and handled hard in the radio studio at like six in the morning on some <laughs> Chicago radio station. He's just like shaking the rafters. Oh goodness! Yeah, sports talk. Or, you know what? Because we know the market marketing people at the school. It doesn't have to be football or even basketball or baseball. You have to sing a national anthem at a sporting event. They know now because now I would feel like I was disrespecting the national anthem. Well, then sing it. Correctly. It's one thing to do it in a tryout. No, I'll sing it correctly. That's I'll all sing that the words, but Just... I'm a bad singer. Bad singers should not be allowed to sing our national anthem. Hey, Big Cat does it for the the rough and rowdies for Barstool, and it, it's fine. He's a terrible singer, but he tries and it works. I mean, remember Fergie's national anthem at the All Star? I think it was the All Star yeah. Game or NBA Finals. And she embarrassed herself and our great country. No, I will not do that. One of the greatest, no, one of no. the greatest anthems, though. On the flip side, because I'm not going up there. Steph I'm not Curry. Roseanne Barr. I'm not Carl Lewis. No, absolutely not. You, I mean, if you haven't You've seen gone that video, too far. you guys, if you're out there listening, you haven't seen that video. Oh, that's gross. Pull up on YouTube, Fergie singing the national anthem because she, it, she butchers it so bad, and she's like trying to do extra stuff, and they cut to the players, and you know they've got their game faces on, they're swaying back and forth, and then Steph Curry's the first one to crack, and they're all just laughing at each other because she's so bad. You've got to see the video; it's so funny. It's the only time Draymond's ever been likable. Also, we got the etiquette police in town today. Borky, tell Richard you don't wear hats or caps inside. And hey, Dad, you don't talk with your mouth full. By the way, what is he chewing on? Gum. Chomping on the gum. Pete Carroll over there. I wear hats inside. I, I know I, that's not like proper, but I, I, I'll, I'll wear hats. If, if it's not a nice place and I got a hat on, I'm not taking it off when I eat. When it's nicer, though, I will. I take my hat off when I go into a restaurant. I don't wear hats to church, but... My hair's messed up. Even McDonald's, I'll wear a hat. Wednesday yeah, afternoon, wear a hat. It's, it's probably going to be okay. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Stay. 
All right, here's your slate this weekend for games involving SEC teams. Also, Southern Miss will close out their regular season with a tough, tough opponent. They got Troy on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock in Hattiesburg. So, final home game, final game of the year for Southern Miss hosting Troy, who has had a really good season. You're a Mississippi State fan? Curious? John Sumrall? Tune in. 11 o'clock on ESPNU. All right, so 6.30 tomorrow night, we get Ole Miss and State on ESPN. The Friday afternoon game in Fayetteville, Missouri and Arkansas on CBS. Rich Waltz, Aaron Taylor, Amanda Guerra. Um, any chance of an upset? I mean, that line stinks. Yeah. It does. <clears throat> Yeah, just this, this is a game that's had some weird moments through the years too. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I see I see Missouri just coming out. And, yeah, look at that. I feel like they take care of business. Cats and cards in the Ville on Saturday morning, eleven o'clock our time, noon Eastern kickoff time. For uh, for that matchup, you got Joe Tess and Jesse Palmer and Katie George on the call. Kentucky and Louisville. This has been a disappointing year for Kentucky. I don't I don't think there's any way yeah. you you can slice yeah. it. But they also have the ability to completely derail the hopes and the dreams of their in-state rival, the Louisville Cardinals. You realize how close you were to your prediction preseason, by the way. If they had just beaten Pitt. Because they're going to play Florida State with no Jordan Travis, they could have been an undefeated ACC champion. They they probably be in. Well, and I kind of feel like I still got it right. I mean, yeah, actually getting to the playoff. But when we had the discussion of who that's not in the top twenty-five preseason could be this year's TCU, I don't get all. Of, I don't get many of them right. But I'm holding on to that one. They've been good. Yeah, you should. And and but it wasn't so much because of what they had; it was because of their schedule. Yeah, and they've been playing with fire lately. We'll see. It's rivalry weekend. Eleven o'clock Central Time kickoff in Baton Rouge, Texas A and M, and LSU. Bob Wilson, RG three, and Chris Budden on the call for that game. That's interesting. Uh, RG three, the last quarterback to win a Heisman with three losses, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now Jaden Daniels going for that. Were they ten and two or nine and three? Were they nine and three? I think that I think they were nine and three. I have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure I'm right though. RG three might have some interesting analysis of Jaden Daniels. That's what I'm thinking there. Yeah. Alabama Auburn on CBS two thirty final regular season game ever on CBS the SEC on CBS. Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Nestler, they'll have the SEC championship game the following week. But in terms of on campus, this is it. Nestler, Gary Danielson, yeah. Jenny Dell. Weird, 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 weird stuff happens in Jordan Hare, but not this year, right? Yeah, weird stuff uh, like New Mexico I'm, State winning. Yeah, that, I think they got the weird stuff out of the way. 2.30 on the SEC Network, directly opposite the Iron Bowl, Vanderbilt at Tennessee with Dave Neal, Derek Mason, and Taylor Davis. Should be really gross. I hate it. You have to be ill, like truly so ill, so sick to watch that game. Truly, you're not even checking in on it. Nope. 
Uh, I'll have the score app up. Seminoles and Gators under the lights in Gainesville. Two backup quarterbacks. ESPN, 6 o'clock Saturday night. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Holly Rowe. Talking about the Knowles. Maybe? Nah. Maybe if Mertz were playing, but I can't see the backup doing it. Florida State's also been playing with fire lately. You've got a lot of these teams up at the top. I mean, uh, Michigan, now that they're exposed, you know, didn't particularly play well uh, on Saturday. Uh, Ohio State is kind of hitting their stride, but Florida State's been struggling a little bit lately. Washington's been struggling. Now they're winning games, but playing close games lately. Down to Texas, playing close games lately. You've got all these teams that have this shot at the playoff that are Kind of not peaking at the right moment. Meanwhile, guess who is peaking at the right moment? Uh-huh. Alabama and Georgia. By the way, Gators playing for bowl eligibility coming off that 33-31 loss. Offense really hasn't been the issue the uh, last three games for Florida. A loss in overtime to Arkansas when they scored 36. A loss at LSU when they scored 35. A loss at Missouri when they scored 31. Clemson at South Carolina. They'll do Space Odyssey 2001 under the lights. Taylor Zarzer, Matt Stinchcomb, and Alyssa Lang. That'll be a great atmosphere. Yes, That place will, will be, be rocking for that game. And uh, South Carolina coming off the win. And then finally, Georgia, Georgia Tech, 6.30, Saturday night, ABC, Sean McDonough, Greg McElroy, Molly McGrath. The question is not, will Georgia win? The question is, will Georgia cover? We're back with you after this 4 o'clock hour. Coming up next, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Four o'clock hour with you. This is Sports Talk Mississippi on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations, supertalk.fm, Super Talk TV, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. Thanks for spending part of your Wednesday afternoon with us in the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf to book your tee time today. Two 18 hole championship golf courses. The Oaks and the Azaleas, and they are waiting for you. Today would have been a great day. Sunny, nice, a little cool, but you layer up just a little bit. Not a bad day to play golf at all. Uh, not only can you book a tee time, you can get a gift certificate. I think Dwayne was telling us that uh, he did that for uh, maybe his son not too terribly long ago, and it was uh, it was the perfect gift. It fit just perfectly, didn't have to be returned just had to be redeemed. You can do that. Dancing Rabbit Golf. Ceasefire text line is open. 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, or the best in business IT services, Ceasefire has you covered. Learn more about them online at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire, customer inspire. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. It is time for... 
the Two best questions. segment of the week a couple days early. The only good thing about Thanksgiving Egg Bowls is we get to get to this segment on Wednesday instead of Friday. Let's start with Mississippi State. If they are going to pull the upset and play spoiler tomorrow night, what is that one thing they absolutely must do? They have to start faster than Ole Miss. They have to. They cannot let Ole Miss score first. They have to score first. They need to be come out of the first quarter with a lead and the crowd behind them and believing in them. They need Ole Miss to not get off to the fast start that Ole Miss usually gets off to, and they need to. They, they need to reverse those roles. They need to be the team that's up seven nothing at the end of the first possession of the game. Was that just one thing, or was that a bunch of things? It was one thing that you were elaborating on. I mean, I could just say one sentence, but they, they need to start fast. That's bad radio, though. So no, thanks for elaborating. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi yeah, yeah. State, I know how if they want job. to win this football game tomorrow, I mean, yeah, maybe all that stuff Brian Haydad said is true. But if you want to take it a step deeper, Mississippi State must wreak havoc at the line of scrimmage. All right? And and especially yeah. with their defense, but it's not it's not just defense. So it's no secret that Ole Miss has had injuries on the offensive line. They've had to shuffle people around, and that has led to less productive offense over the last couple of games. In fairness, one of those games was against Georgia, and the other one nobody cared. But regardless, Ole Miss has not been as productive up front over the last couple of games. Since the injury to Micah Pettis and the injury to Jaden Williams or Jalen Williams, and kind of having to shuffle dudes around, so State's got to wreak havoc on the defensive side. But then if State's going to have success offensively, they got to wreak some havoc there. They got to open some holes for Woody Marks or whatever running backs in the game, and they got to give Will Rogers some time to do his thing throwing the football. That's the way State wins this football game. Yeah, creating havoc was uh, was going to be mine. It, you, you've got to find ways to. I mean, it's an almost team that doesn't turn the football over much, uh, but you, you've got to generate those kind of things: it, pass rush, TFLs, turnovers, whatever. So I'll, since that was yours, uh, win the special teams battle. You don't necessarily have to score uh, in special teams, but I, I don't think that this state offense has shown the ability to consistently move the football for four quarters on long fields. And so how do you give yourself shorter fields, right? It's the, the Havoc plays that you mentioned, but special teams, the return game, things like that. Even if you don't necessarily score off of a kick return or, or whatever, be good in the return game. Have a really good night punting the football. If you happen to have to punt, you can't afford to have 31-yard punts in this game. Giving Ole Miss short fields is a bad, bad thing. And... Owning the special teams battle can help you because I don't think you're sustaining 75-yard touchdown drives for four quarters. Okay. What is the one thing they absolutely cannot do if they want to play spoiler tomorrow? They can't play overly emotional. They have to be emotional. They have to be into the game early. I think the crowd will be into it early. And if they can get that fast start, that that can continue. But and I think I think Greg Knox said it yesterday, you know, play with emotion, but not don't play emotionally, if that makes sense. So, you know, don't cost yourself a stupid fifteen yards by shoving somebody. 
when when the play ends. Don't don't a late hit. You know, there's gonna be there's probably gonna be a turnover in this game. Turnovers happen, but stupid mistakes don't have to happen. Things happening after the play. This is always a, a I mean, it's a rivalry game. It's always intense, and you can be intense and play up to the, the to the whistle there, but don't 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 shoot yourself in the foot because you decided to you know take take a shot at somebody there. Um, what just happened? Hold on, Richard watching Chelsea. Hold on. All this time of me watching, so what are you doing? What are you watching? So give it to me. What are you watching there? Get in. What just happened? Hey, what are what are the teams that that we cover in Mississippi? Is Chelsea one of them? Are no. any of the other EPL teams? Are there any of the golfers you watch teams we so, cover in Mississippi? So, so when Ole Miss hits back-to-back threes on consecutive trips to turn a two-point game into an eight-point game with five minutes to go on the road, I'm, I'm just not, saying. I'm, not to be keeping up with I'm that. just saying. I'm just saying. That was two big on threes me. in a row. No, I was listening to what you said. I, I was absolutely listening to you. You tell me all the time. You have the ability to multitask. I I do too. Um, Mississippi State Great. absolutely cannot have empty possessions. One of the things that they did really well against Southern Miss. Now you you could be like, you got to score touchdowns, not kick field goals. Yeah, I agree, but you know what's worse than not making a field goal? It's coming away empty. Yeah. Mississippi State kicked four field goals in scoring opportunities that led to twelve of their forty-one points. I know, good math on the fly uh, against Southern Miss. State can't have empty possessions. When they have the opportunity to put points on the board, they've got to put points on the board because I think most of us believe that Ole Miss is going to score in this game. Yes, I'd be very surprised if it was a shutout for Mississippi State. Uh, They cannot drop the football. And I know that sounds very elementary, but... I mean, we all know Will Rogers' game at this point. He he's not going to take very many risks vertically. He just he doesn't do it for whatever reason you want to talk about. He doesn't do it. But when he does, and you are open, and he puts it on you, and you drop the ball, you're losing. You're going to lose if you have the opportunity to quick strike against Ole Miss, the famous quick strike team. Right? That's what Ole Miss does. They they had that little motto: score from far, and all this stuff. If you have those opportunities, my gosh, you've got to capitalize. The drops have plagued this Mississippi State team, frankly, for two years now. But that Southern Miss game would not have been a six-point game midway through the fourth quarter if guys just caught the football that was delivered accurately to them. So when it's when it's there for you and you don't catch it, you're not beating this team. Yeah. So that's two questions for uh, for Mississippi State. We'll do two questions for Ole Miss coming up. In just a couple of minutes, you, you know what just struck me is, oh, you didn't didn't always see that in the past. Four oh seven to go, clock running, five point game. It's been a tight game. Almost has three timeouts left. <laughs> just, that is something. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, that is a difference from uh, where they were to where they are. Yeah, a player uh, hasn't missed a shot and immediately gotten pulled out of the game either. Bob and Ponatot, good afternoon and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. The Bulldogs must play keep away with the ball and commit no turnovers. Yeah, they got to stay on schedule, I think. Um, because, it, and that's obvious, like a lot of these things are obvious, but I do think in this game, and we'll talk about the Ole Miss side in a second, if State doesn't have successful running plays on first down, 
I, I don't as much trust Will Rogers to beat a team, quote-unquote, by himself in the same way I do Jackson Dart and the Ole Miss receivers in that offense, right? If you keep Ole Miss off of schedule, they have shown you that they can still be successful offensively, even if they're not running the ball great, because they've got a trio of really good receivers, the only team in the country with three over 700 yards. Did you know that? Uh, I that, did. That's only Ole Miss. I did know that. But LSU has two over 1,000, so, you know, fun with stats there. But either way, I don't think State can win if they're off schedule. I think they're going to have to to run the football successfully. If they don't, it might be a long night. Uh, somebody says no penalties. Somebody says no multiple three and outs. Uh, I can state in one word, State needs a miracle. That's Dave from Ripley. Uh, another one, State must not shoot themselves in the foot. Ah, oh, there we go. State must outscore them. Mmm. And somebody sends us a picture of their smoked turkey telling me to take notes. Looks good. Looks good. I'll send you a picture tomorrow, and maybe you can take notes, Justin, in Tupelo. Oh. Oh, torched you. Ha, ha, ha. Got him. We're back after this. Two questions for Ole Miss coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. That's visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays going on, and it's going to feel like the holidays over the uh, the next week or two. Don't forget you've got ice skating in the old Armory Pavilion in Oxford. Real ice, not the uh, like the synthetic ice. We're talking real frozen ice and real ice skates and if you are not a um a particularly skilled skater they've got the dolphins that you can uh, hold on to and push along on the ice as well and uh don't forget that local businesses um all have got specials going on and a ton of black friday stuff happening this weekend as well visit oxfordms.com follow them on facebook instagram tiktok and twitter at visit oxford m Yes. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, Jeff and Ponatox says, what is the score of the Ole Miss Temple game, please? Uh, 151 to go. Ole Miss 75, Temple 74. It is a one-point game. <laughs> he said 151 at the start. I was like, what? And then no, he no. said to go. Yeah, yeah. What? what like, 151 remaining. Are they in quintuple overtime? What's going on there? Um, let's ask this real qu- question real quick, and uh, that came in on the ceasefire text. Let's ask two of them. Well, oh, okay. no, uh, no, we'll, we'll get back to two questions. So let me ask this. I wonder how much effort this lame duck coaching staff is putting into getting this MSU team prepared for Ole Miss. The Rebs run up-tempo from a lot of different sets. It's a recipe for disaster for a semi-prepared defense. I hate to say it, but I'm seeing another 2008 coming. Well... Could very well be a, a bad result, but I think that State has enough 
first off, they're professionals. You know, these guys are pros. But secondly, State has some guys like like Chad Bumpus, David Turner, Tony Hughes, who have been at Mississippi State before, and Bumpus that you know actually playing in this rivalry. I, I think he won't allow them to just coast into it. I don't think that the, I think the coaching staff will they'll be prepared. It's just a question of are they good enough to do anything? Yeah. That's a reasonable question. All right, Borky, back to two questions. Yeah, if Ole Miss is going to take care of business tomorrow night, what is the one thing that they absolutely must do? I honestly might take a page out of Hey Dad's book on what State must do and just kind of flip it around. I think Ole Miss needs to start fast. I mean, there is an opportunity, and it's not by going up 7 to nothing. It might not even be going up 14 to nothing. But there is an opportunity for Ole Miss to start fast in this game and have Mississippi State just kind of tap out. But it would take like a blitzkrieg first quarter, first quarter and a half to do that. And and really it might even take getting kind of into the third quarter before it feels like the white flag has been waved. I, I don't know. But it does feel like Ole Miss has been really good this year on opening drives. They do a great job in scripting. They need to execute coming out of the gate and start fast in this ballgame. So we'll uh, but we'll see if they are able to do that. Sounds elementary, but pass protect, and, and here's why. Um, I, I think Ole Miss has a significant mismatch with their receivers versus state secondary. So if you can give Jackson Dart the opportunity to throw the football, then you're going to have guys that are open and you're going to have success through the air. So, obviously, you want to protect your quarterback always, but I think especially in this game, it's far more important, in my opinion, to protect than to run. said earlier, you know, State needs to stay on schedule. I don't think that's, quote-unquote, as important for Ole Miss. Of course, it always is. But I think that there's a bigger mismatch for Ole Miss receivers versus secondary than Ole Miss's offensive line and running backs versus State's front six. They can keep... I agree, and I wonder if this is one of those nights where you need to run, where you need to pass to set up the run. Certainly possible. You have successful first down passes. If you're having enough success in the passing game that State's got to commit more to it, that then it opens up some running lanes. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your point. It just kind of that that thought just popped into my head as you were saying it. And you know this offense likes to run, and so they're they're going to find ways to do that. But yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it for me. Is if you can just protect Dort, I think that uh, a, a huge night is upcoming. Temple takes its first lead of the game with a minute thirty-seven to play. Up seventy-six, seventy-five. Ole Miss has the basketball. Hey, Dad, what's Ole Miss got to do to win? Yards before contact with Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. You know, I think Judkins actually leads the SEC in yards after contact. But they need to get the big plays where you know, that's when Jenkins is at his best. When you you go back and you watch the replay and you're like, how how did any offensive line get a hole that big? How how, how did he go 15, 20 yards before somebody laid a finger on him? That's when Ole Miss's offense is humming. Is when Judkins is breaking off these long runs where he's not breaking tackles. He's just running free up the middle of the field. State's defensive line has not been great this year. Obviously, Johnson and, and, and Watson will do their best to stop that, but if Ole Miss is getting those big chunk plays in the running game, then, then, then they're going to be really, really hard to beat. If uh, they're going to win the game tomorrow night, they absolutely cannot do what? <sighs> 
I feel like this is oversimplifying it by saying give Mississippi State hope. But it, it kind of dovetails off of the whole start fast thing. If Ole Miss absolutely cannot allow Mississippi State to really start to believe, and I'm not like talking hashtag we believe Alabama. I'm talking about crowd stays in it. Crowd becomes a factor. Guys start playing at a really high level, making plays that they haven't made throughout the course of the year, building confidence, and then it just kind of snowballs, and you look up and you're like, what happened? Almost can't can't allow that to, to happen, which really ties into the starting fast thing and trying to take the hope away. Yeah, shoot themselves in the foot. You, you can't beat yourself. Uh, if you play your A game, you're winning. I, I know that's an oversimplification, but if they come out and they execute and they're sharp, then, then it's hard to envision a, a scenario in which they lose. But that's the thing. They don't do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason the Auburn game was so close. It's It, it, it was nothing that Auburn did. It was penalties on successful first downs that led to first and 20 instead of first and 10 on the 35 instead of the 25. It was a, a botched field goal where they, they mishandled the snap and threw an interception. It was a bad uh, interception. Those kind of things. If you do that, and they've done that this year at, at a lot of points, frankly, um, then you'll keep state around. And in a rivalry game on the road, you're letting a team that has needed a little emotional juice to hang around then you could find yourself into some trouble. I actually like this on the, the ceasefire text line as well. Don't hit the panic button if State plays well early. I think that's a good point. It's still a 60-minute football game. They still got 85 scholarship guys. They've won five games this season, including an SEC game. They've got good players on the defensive side. Got some good players on the offensive side. This is an SEC football game. You can't just freak out if State goes up 10-zip in this game. Which they they haven't done thing. this year, which eh, is sure. encouraging that they do you know, respond well, but still. Hey, Dad, absolutely, uh, Ole Miss absolutely cannot do what? They want to win. You, you cannot lose games. And win, and still win in the Egg Bowl. Ole, this is not a game I feel State can win, but Ole Miss can lose it. Ole Miss can give it to Mississippi State. They can make mistakes. They can turn the ball over and keep State around. That's what they have to do. If they play, they they have to play clean. If they can't not play clean, we'll double negative negative it. They, they, if they play clean, they're going to win. So if if they don't lose the game, they'll win. Uh, Tim and Ridgeland, for Ole Miss to win, don't go for it on fourth down in your own territory, especially early. Punt the football, he says. He also goes on to say that second possession insanity was the primary reason the score was only 7-3 at halftime against ULM. Mm -hmm. There's something to that. Certainly is. But, hashtag analytics. How about hashtag uh, feel for the game? I mean, also. you're 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 never going to change them. You're, you're not going to. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We've got an hour and a half to go on this Wednesday afternoon, the eve of Thanksgiving, the eve of the Egg Bowl. Earlier this week, 
Brian Haydad caught up with former Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen. Uh, we will warn you in advance, the audio is not the greatest in the history of the world. Haydad is a lot of things. He is not an audio engineering guru sometimes. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. But you can certainly hear it and uh, some interesting stuff from uh, from Dan Mullen and his conversation with Brian Haydad. By the way, if you want to hear about the uh, the losses that State had while Dan Mullen was the coach, he never quite got around to those questions. I, I think they just ran out of time. Dan Mullen with Brian Haydad on the Farm Bureau guest line coming up next. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. This is Dan Mullen with Brian Haydad. When I think back to your first press conference at Mississippi State, when I think back to your first days there, you made a, a big deal of the Egg Bowl. You knew that that was something Mississippi State fans would rally behind. And and it just makes me wonder, you know, coming in, you'd, you'd done some of that at, at, at Florida with Florida State. Was that something that was just on your checklist of things to do, like we're going to emphasize this rivalry and make it the most important game on the schedule? Yeah, the rivalry games are critical, right, of college football. Um, and, and really, programs, it's, it's, it's really important to fans, and one of the most important things is not everybody in the program always understands it. Uh, a lot of the players, some of them didn't grow up around it or maybe from different areas. Uh, so I always thought that coming in and you make you make sure that everybody within your program understands how important those games are. And I've always believed that. I learned that early as an assistant coach uh, at a lot of our stops. You know, it, it, you know, I mean, at, at, at Notre Dame, USC was a big rival. Uh, Bowling Green, Toledo was a big rival. Obviously, Florida has a couple of different rivals, and then. The uh, the Egg Bowl, the, the the Mississippi State Ole Miss game, is such a, a big game that you always want to make such a an important deal out of it, not just make for the fans, for everybody, but to make sure everybody understands how important it is. When I think back to your first game uh, against Ole Miss, you know, obviously a big win, an upset victory. You you kind of dominated the game from start to finish. But what stands out to me the most is I don't know how many times a head coach has been given a live mic at the end of the game. But you were, and and you had to basically cut a promo there uh, to to finish things up. Did you have any knowledge ahead of time that they were going to give you the microphone, and or was it just you know kind of flying by the seat of your pants there? No, it was definitely spur of the minute. I had no idea. You know, I mean, it was, it was actually funny in that game, and a lot of times we were coming in. I remember going home on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, you know, the team before we practice, we would always practice in the morning, and the game was on Saturday, and it wasn't. You know, we took a couple years to get it back to the traditional rivalry of Thanksgiving night that, you know, uh, I remember coming in and I fought for it to go back to Thanksgiving night and talk with ESPN and finally we were able to get it back on Thanksgiving night, the game, and, and I always thought that was a great rivalry time to play that game. But that first game going into it, I came home for dinner on Thanksgiving Day. I'm like, oh, we're in trouble because I mean, we just we looked awful at practice that day. Uh, and, and uh, you know, an Ole Miss, was, uh, um, they were a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, we're, we could be in some trouble in this one. But that's all right. We'll figure it out. And we came out, and our guys just performed. We just played fantastic. I know the fan base was going crazy. The celebration, everybody was all fired up. 
uh, and excited, and and all of a sudden, well, I'm on the middle of the field. They hand me the mic, and uh, you know, and, and the, I've I've always been known. It, it's not bad. I I always wanted to kind of stir up the robbery, and I was able to do it on that day as well. And that's one way of putting it for sure, stirring it up. What made Chris Ralph so so good against Ole Miss because he was three and zero against them? Uh, and, and just had great games in every game against Ole Miss. What was it about Ole Miss? Because he's not even a Mississippi guy, you know. He's a kid from Alabama, but he dominated this rivalry in his games against them. You know, I think he just he bought in and he understood the importance of that game. You know, and if you with Chris, a lot of times, and and you, you'd see him step up in in some big games. You know, whether it was the game in the swamp where you know he was able to carry us with his legs in the in the Gator Bowl against Michigan. Uh, and then, obviously, in the Egg Bowls every year, I mean, he understood uh, and would always kind of play his best in those big games, and that was what was uh, that was so impressive with Chris and the type of player that he was. I always talk to Chad Bumpus every now and then, and he talks about the 2011 Egg Bowl, and he's still mad at you because he thinks y'all should have won that game about 70 to nothing. He says you really held up on Ole Miss in that one. That was the last game against Houston Nutt. Do you have any, any specific memories from that game? Because it was a dominant victory for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, listen, all of them. I, the, the wins that you get in that game are so special. You know what I mean? And that one was such a huge game. I, I, I think that the fun part of that game was it was kind of a nasty. It was like a little bit Drizzly, if I remember, in the fourth quarter. They were trying to score, and kind of the, it looked like we'd stopped them. The game ended. They reviewed it. They gave them one more play, and we stopped them again on the goal line. And the whole time of the review, the crowd was going crazy. Everybody was celebrating. Uh, it was just it, it was so much fun, and, and especially to get the stop the second time uh, made it even better. 2013 might be your most famous Egg Bowl win because of the nature of the game, because of Dak Prescott coming in there late. Listen, I've heard the story before, but I've never heard you tell it. So tell us about how you know you found out Dak was going to be able to play and your decision there to bring him in in the fourth quarter. Well, what was interesting in that game is the um, you know there was no chance he was going to be earlier in the week, the doctor saw him and said, there's no chance we're going to clear him. And I remember on the day of the game, they came in and they said, hey, this is nothing short of like a miracle that he can actually play. We're going to clear him to play. And, and it was so it's kind of like shocking. And then all of a sudden, when as soon as the doctors, and they, they grabbed me and they said, now, I, we can't tell you. He could go in for one play and the arm kind of goes dead again. And so, I mean, he could play one play, he could play a bunch. We can't tell you. The doctor was uh, Dr. Sells actually is now the, the, the top doctor in the NFL, came in and said, I can't believe I'm, I can do this, but it's nothing short of a miracle. He's clear. But then the responsibility goes on you as a head coach. you know. And the, the number one question is, if he plays, can it make it worse? Is there, and they're like, he's like, no, it'll just go back to where it was. So I'm like, oh, uh, the thoughts then go through your mind. Then the thoughts are going through your mind, okay, if I play him early in the game and he plays a couple plays and he, he just he can't do it, that's going to bring us down as a team and that will kind of deflate a lot of things. So uh, it was one of those. I looked at him. I said, hey, you be ready to play. He's like, I'm, I want to go play. And I said, listen, you be ready. And, and it's my responsibility as a head coach to look out for your health, for the team's health, for everything. 
And, you know, the game was going, and we really needed a spark, and I grabbed him late in the third quarter. I said, to the start of the fourth quarter, we're going to go with you the next time we have the ball. He's like, I'm ready. And so all of a sudden, that spark, you know, you worry because, they said, as the doctor said, it could be a one-play, a two-play, a three-play deal, and he hadn't, you know, it had been about four or five weeks since he'd even thrown a football, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, hey, let's see if he creates that spark for us, and he certainly did. He came in, and I think... You know, it was one of those, the second he ran on the field, the whole energy in the stadium changed. Um, the energy on our sideline changed. And he was able to, you know, lead us back to get into overtime. He was able to run the score, the touchdown in overtime. And then, you know, which, as everybody remembers, then one of the greatest plays in, in Mississippi State history, I think, has to be, uh, I think it was Bo Wallace was about to walk clean into the end zone, and out of nowhere, Nico Whitley came out, punched the ball out, um, you know, and Jameson Love recovers it in the end zone, and the game's over uh, to win it in overtime. Just just unbelievable atmosphere and just a huge win that obviously, you know, it's our third straight win, and then we went on to win the bowl game, and then that kind of sparked us into to heading up to number one the next season. I won't ask you to reveal it if you do know, but do you know what Nico Whitley said to Bo Wallace there in the end zone? Uh, I think I, I know some choice words he said, but I do know, I knew this. I, one thing, the greatest thing about Nico, if, if everybody remembers this, and, and uh, I do remember he had a couple of choice words right there, but he sprinted over, gave me, gave me a hug, and, and people I don't think realize this. He played the last two games on a torn ACL. Yeah. And the doctors were like, hey, you can't make it any worse. Most people couldn't play. And he somehow played. And, and if people remember the week before against Arkansas, he created a, the caused and recovered fumble that won that game. Uh, just took the ball out of the Arkansas' running back's hands. And, uh, you know, one of the great moments is a kid, and you talk about someone that believes in their school and their team, instead of opting for surgery and ending the season, he's like, I'm just going to play these next two games. He does it, makes the game-winning play in both games. And, and after I know he had something to say to Bo Wallace, he did sprint right over to me and just gave me the biggest hug. And, and that was one of, that's one of the great moments in coaching for me. Your last Egg Bowl win in 2016 was a totally dominant win over Ole Miss in, in Oxford. Is that one of those games where in practice early on you could see on film, hey, we're going to be able to run the football at will on these guys today? You know, I, I think sometimes you come in with the plan and you say, hey, this is our plan and our expectations. And uh, so one of those games, when you have those type of games, it's one where just everything is going right for you on the field. Like everything that you grew up, everything that you wanted that to, to call in the game was going right. The players are executing at the highest of levels. And on top of that, they're making spectacular plays as well. Um, and I think those are the nights. I mean, you just, when it starts rolling like that, um, as a coach, I mean, you, you want to make sure you're on the right sideline when everything's going your way and everything you drew up, everything you planned is working to perfection. Um, that was, that was such a huge night. Nick Fitzgerald had such a big game that night. The defense played well, creating turnovers. Um, that was a very big win for us. And that was Dan Mullen with Brian Haydad earlier this week on a little Thunder and Lightning Extra. You can uh, catch all of the Thunder and Lightning podcasts as well as the Rebel Report podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, they are free. They're also available online 
at supertalk.fm. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour coming up with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We will uh, we'll chat with K.J. Wright coming up uh, a little bit later this afternoon. He will join us as well on the Farm Bureau guest line. Ole Miss, a winner, 77-76 over the Temple Owls. Rebels led it by five at the half, 38-33. They were outscored by four in the second half. But two big free throws from Alan Flanagan with uh, nine seconds left. Put Ole Miss in front. He had 26 points to lead all scorers in the game. Four players in double digits for Ole Miss. Um, Flanagan with 26, Matthew Morrell with 12, Jalen Murray with 11, and T.J. Caldwell with 14 off the bench, including 6 of 12 from the field and 2 of 2 from the three-point line. Uh, next week for Ole Miss is big. So this is the last time they will play until next Tuesday when they host NC State at the Pavilion with an 8 o'clock tip-off as part of the ACC-SEC Challenge. And then next Saturday, uh, same day of the SEC Championship game, they will have Memphis in town. And Memphis is off to a uh, pretty good start. So 5-0 start for Ole Miss. Um, good start to the year for them. And big challenge coming up that starts, uh, what, six days from now. So that's two teams right here in the Magnolia State with really good starts to the season. Mississippi State had a uh, a good weekend last weekend. Uh, hey, Dad, their wins uh, the Sunday. Oh, was it Saturday? It was Saturday while the football game was on. They beat UT Martin, and then what am I looking at? What are you What are you talking about? Why are you shaking your head? I went back they beat too far UT Martin two Saturdays ago. I went back too far on the calendar. I'm sorry. I was trying to get to their box scores and their season schedule. So last Saturday. You do it. While the football game was going on. That Was that Washington State or Northwestern? Washington State. They beat Northwestern on Sunday. 76-64, and then the following day beat Northwestern 66-57. Um, State has Nichols at home on Friday, and then that. next Tuesday night they will be on the road in Atlanta against Georgia Tech as part of the ACC-SEC mm-hmm. Challenge. Off to a 5-0 yes. start and ranked in the top 25, number 25. First, mm-hmm. uh, first time in the poll this season. Playing really Josh. well when you consider Tolu uh, Smith hasn't played much. Yeah, played all and, and Josh Hubbard is the leading scorer. He's averaging 16.5 points per game. He's the only player in double figures. That was a huge pickup for Mississippi State. He was originally committed to Ole Miss. And uh, when the coaching change happened, he... He decommitted after it was announced that Kermit was leaving, right? Right. 
And then uh, he signed. He was signed with Ole Miss. Mm. Ole Miss released him from his letter of intent. And then shortly thereafter, committed to Chris Jans in Mississippi State, and the beginning of his career has been really, really good. Not not yeah. just sixteen. He, he provides. He's shooting forty four percent from three. He provides something State didn't have a season ago, which is a guy who can just shoot the three when it's open and make it. He is 15 of 34 from three this year. Mm -hmm. It's good. Really been good. Really been good. Fun start to uh, to basketball season. Yeah. It's what we've wanted. And I know the Egg Bowl's tomorrow, which is depressing because it's the last regular season game for our teams this season, flew by. However, recently, it's been nothing until, I mean, baseball season begins, but mostly until conference play and baseball begins. We've just had this this space of emptiness where a sport called basketball was supposed to be played, but the programs here kind of forgot how to do it. Not anymore, my friend. Obviously, Mississippi State making the tournament a year ago, that's the expectation, right? This this Mississippi State team, the expectation is to get back to the NCAA tournament. They're having to live life without Tolu Smith until sometime in January. That's his expected return time frame. Um, Correct. I don't know what expectations are or should be for Ole Miss this year. You know, without the the two guys that they're still kind of holding out hope for on the NCAA transfer portal, and I don't know how much hope there is at this point, you know, now that you're five games into the season, the SEC is going to be really good. It's going to be a really good basketball league this year, and it's going to be hard. Um, So, you know, if, if Ole Miss were to go... I don't even know what kind of a number to put on it to go. That was a really impressive year. Especially if eight and ten, would eight and ten for this Ole Miss team in year one with Chris Beard? That, you would take that, would that be, right now, I think. That'd be really good, wouldn't it? If you don't get those waivers or even one of them, and somehow you you win eight games in this league with that roster, yes. Yeah, and it probably means that you're going to have to take advantage of some opportunities that you have a- along the way. You know, you're you're going to have to beat South Carolina when you play them. You're going to have to beat Vanderbilt when you play them, and, and you're going to have to steal some. You know, uh, against teams that maybe you, you shouldn't necessarily. Um, so we'll see. Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, but we got a football game to talk about, and that's what we're going to focus on in the five o'clock hour with you coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour on this Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, Egg Bowl Eve. Good to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Be sure to keep up with all that's happening at Pearl River Resort on their website, pearlriverresort.com, including live music and events and shows and all kinds of stuff. That's pearlriverresort.com. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. 
Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find Genteel Apparel at Harry Meyer Clothier in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, S.F. Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia, the Country Gentleman in Greenville, Chandelier Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's in Ridgeland, Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price & Company in Hattiesburg, I'm going to name them all, Abraham's in Indianola, the Willander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, T. Sappington and Company in New Albany, Abrahams in Cleveland, Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, the well-dressed man in Brookhaven, and Oxbow in Memphis. That's just some of the places that you can get Genteel for the upcoming holiday season. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Check them out online at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire customer inspired here we go it's the college football fix college football fix is driven by ford and your local mississippi ford dealers log on their website buyfordnow.com or visit your local mississippi ford dealers see what they've got available for you do that today behind the wheel of an F-150 best-selling truck in America for 44 straight years. Um, John Canzano, who does a pretty good job covering the Pac-12 out on the West Coast, he now has his own gig at johncanzano.com. Uh, he raised eyebrows earlier this week when he uh, claimed that Jaden Daniels would be sitting the bench in uh, both Eugene, Oregon, behind Bo Nix, and in Seattle, behind Michael Penix. I don't know. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. Uh, clearly, West Coast guy, kind of shilling for the West Coast quarterback. It's a flawed argument, though. Like, if you if Daniels, for whatever reason, transferred to Oregon, he may not unseat Bo Nix because Nix has been great, but if Bo Nix transferred to LSU, he's not taking Daniels' job either. I mean, it... it might just yeah. be they are where their feet are. But if you told me to pick one for this new team I'm forming, I'm not picking Bo Nix. He's been really good in an offense that fits him perfectly, mm-hmm. but so has Jaden Daniels. Uh, and then there was this from uh, John Canzano this week. Jonathan Smith, the head coach at Oregon State, Oregon State, who is, you know, couple of games away from basically not having a conference anymore. Jonathan Smith was asked about contact with other schools. He says, does that mean that you have not had contact with other schools? Here was his answer. I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. I've got an agent that's got a job. He best be finding out what is out there and people calling. That's how that works. I can tell you from his side, he best be working just because I'm paying him so much. They get a percentage, and I'm making him a couple of million bucks. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Any coach, they're aware of what's potentially out there if their agent is doing their job. I'm not trying to dodge the question. I'm trying to be truthful. How about that? Relatively, that's a good answer. You know what that answer is saying? I need a bunch of guaranteed money or I'm out. 
Well, that means he's out because Washington State's not going to be in a position to guarantee a whole lot in the coming coming months and years. Yeah, they're, the AD there in Corvallis released a statement about how they're working on a long-term deal or whatever, but you know how those AD statements are. Uh, is one of those teams that his agent uh, should be, because he's making millions apparently, uh, engaged with Mississippi State? I would love to know that answer. Do you think that Mississippi State called the agent who's doing his job, apparently. And if not, why the heck not would be my follow-up question. Yeah, that's definitely a call you have to make. you got to at least gauge some interest there. Now, you know, would he be interested? I don't know the answer to that, but that's definitely a guy who's – if your na- his name wasn't on your list, there, there's, 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 there's no reason for that. He, he should be on your list. Apparently Michigan State really likes him. He could end up there. They should. Michigan State should really like a football coach. I hate the, like, Lance uh, Leipold needs to get out of Kansas now. I I don't like that talking point because isn't college football healthier when a Kansas can hold on to a Leipold, when an Iowa State can hold on to a Matt Campbell? So I, I don't like that rhetoric. I think college football is much healthier when great coaches stay where they are, when these programs are able to pay money to keep these guys around instead of them just jumping at the first job that comes. If I were advising the coach of Oregon State, the conferenceless uh, program, I'm telling him to get out, uh, get, go. If somebody in the SEC or the Big Ten is calling you, my friend, go. You, you have to. This isn't one of those situations like even at a place like Kansas. You literally do not have a conference at the moment. Go. Yeah. I mean, Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman's lives don't change. That Their lives do not change at all if they leave their current job and go take another job, other than to say that the next job, if it's in the SEC, will be more difficult. Because the SEC is a more difficult league than the Big 12 is. Both of those guys, if they choose to stay where they are, Kansas State and Kansas respectively, then they're going to get raises. They're both making a lot of money. A lot of money that, that they're not living in Manhattan Beach, California. They're not living in Manhattan, New York. They're living in Manhattan, Kansas and Lawrence, Kansas. Five, six, seven million dollars goes a long way in those places. In the same way that five, six, seven million dollars goes a long way in Starkville and it goes a long way in Oxford. So nothing about their life changes if they pick up. They don't have to get out of those jobs. They can get, both of those guys can continue to win at the clip at which they are currently winning if they stay put. And they can stay there as long as they want. I mean, you almost could make the argument, Borky, that it's the inverse of what the argument you were saying a second ago. you got to get out. Actually, maybe you'd be silly to get out. You're in a place where Dan you Mullen can win. Dan Mullen might agree. You've, huh? Dan Mullen might agree. He might. He might. The expectations are different at Florida than they are at Mississippi State. It's not a shot. It's just the truth. 
If Dan Mullen had accomplished yeah. what he accomplished at Florida at Mississippi State, there would be a statue for him while coaching. But Jason Columbus says, if it's not a true blue blood national championship contender, there's no reason to leave. There's some truth to that. There really is. New college football playoff rankings came out last night. Georgia stays at one, Ohio State at two, Michigan at three, Washington jumps Florida State. A lot of people talking about Jordan Travis injury. Is that the. Can, can we just be honest for a second? If Jordan Travis had been perfectly healthy and had walked out of that game at the end of the night with a 55 to 13 win or whatever the final score was, Florida State over North Alabama, Washington was jumping Florida State because their resume got better. They won on the road against number 11 in uh, in Oregon State, and Florida State beat North Alabama. And Florida State's resume is flimsy as it is. Oregon at 6, highest-ranked one-loss team. Texas at 7, one spot in front of Alabama, who they beat head-to-head in Tuscaloosa. Missouri, the highest-ranked two-loss team at number 9. Louisville 10, Penn State 11, Ole Miss 12. So Ole Miss is now three spots behind Missouri as opposed to four spots. They move up one spot from 13 to 12 this week. And Ole Miss is right on the edge. They need to win the Egg Bowl, and then they need to see some teams lose. They just do. Whether that is Louisville losing in the ACC championship game and falling behind Ole Miss, whether that is Florida State losing this week to Florida and then losing again in the ACC championship game, Penn State doesn't feel like they're likely to lose. Missouri drops one, a heartbreaker to Arkansas. Some stuff that could still happen. We'll just have to see how it uh, how it plays out. And that's if you're looking at Ole Miss and their possibilities of getting to an access bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. If you're in the market for a new Ford truck or maybe a Toyota Tundra, Belt Ford and Oxford Toyota are the place for you. You can find them in person on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Got a great selection on the lot right now. I was looking as I drove by uh, today on the way to the, the radio station and bunch of F-150s on the lots, brand new Ford Bronco Sport that's on the lot. They've got an F-150 Lightning if uh, an electric truck is what you're looking for and a great selection of used vehicles. And just up the hill at the Toyota lot, they've got Forerunners in stock. They've got Tundras in stock. They've got Camrys. Uh, a lot of options for you to choose from. They'll take care of you. Uh, great time of the year. Maybe you're thinking about a super, super, super special gift 
for someone in your life uh, or, or your child or whatever. Uh, they'll help you with that, help you pull off the surprise if that's what you're trying to do. Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, BelkFord.net, OxfordToyota.com, Highway 6 West in Oxford, and tell them, please, that you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. What is your favorite Egg Bowl memory? Brian Haydad, favorite Egg Bowl memory? It's so hard to narrow it to one. Nah. Not not for you? Nah. 98, one in the West in Oxford, Champagne in the Grove under the 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 Arch of Champions. That's my number one. You a big Champagne guy? I am not. That game was um, not terribly stressful either, was it? Well, I was convinced when I walked in the stadium that David Morris was going to add his name to the list of great Egg Bowl heroes, but apparently no, it did not play out that way. Yeah. Morky, what's your favorite Egg Bowl memory? Oh, I haven't been around for many of them, and there haven't been many great ones, uh, really. Um, it, I don't know if it's a, a favorite, but the Elijah Moore dog pee celebration leading to a missed extra point is something that I will never forget watching. I, I will never, ever forget Watching that happen, you knew he was missing that extra point, hundred percent. I mean, already not not a particularly yeah. good kicker anyway. But and then we learned Matt we Corral had talked just about did, that during the week. Yeah, we had talked about if it comes down to a field goal, Ole Miss is in trouble in that game. <laughs> and there it was. And we learned later that Matt Corral was basically like, "All right, this guy calling plays. He don't know what the heck he's doing. So I'm just going to do it." And then they went and scored a touchdown <laughs> to, to what should have been tie the game, and then. That happened. That's unforgettable. I don't know if that's that quote unquote favorite, old, but that is the most unforgettable that I've Ole Miss been a part converted of. a fourth and twenty five on that drive. They did. I mean, fourth and twenty five, you know, has a negative connotation for Ole Miss fans. It could have had a huge positive connotation. You know what they should have done? They should have gone for two. I, well, I guess they couldn't have after the celebration. After the fifteen yard penalty, that's not a. I don't uh, think they would have any anyway. chance. Just a very conservative approach those years uh, from Ole Miss. I don't think they would have. I'm trying to think. I mean, hey, Dad, I, I don't have one of those where, you know, the wind sealed the West. Newsflash. Yeah. Ole Miss never will. The SEC championship game as, a, uh, as the winner of the West, and that's not going to happen. So, I guess there are a couple that stand. I mean, 92 was so cool, cold, but that's kind of one of those where <laughs> cool the, cold. The, the waning moments live on forever for, for Ole Miss fans. Um, the, the, the Feed Moncrief game is one that I'll, I, I was sitting in the stand. That was what? That was what year was that? 12. 12. I think I was in the stands for that game. I guess I was probably doing pregame and postgame and was not on the field. And I just remember it. Or maybe I was on the field. I, I don't remember. Whatever. But it was it was like there was a football game going on, but a party just broke out in the stands. 
And that's not like a may not win every game but never lost a party reference. And, and it's not party in the sip or anything. It was just like this celebration thing started happening it was, as it was unfolding. Um, that was pretty neat. Pretty neat the, the way that one happened. What about your uh, what about your worst egg bowl memory? Just as easy to remember, and it was the year before for me, '97. That is that is an all time heartbreaker. I was sitting in the state student section at that game. Uh, you you might if you heard somebody absolutely losing his mind, it might have been me. Corey Peterson is not on your Christmas card list. Nah, nah. But Borky, my wife was... knew uh, Stuart Patridge. She, they, he's you know, it's from the Delta, and so was she. So, like Stuart Patridge knew my wife's grandmother real well. Hmm. Um, Borky, that's one where you were talking about. I mean, it's Tommy Tuberville, different era. Overtime wasn't even an option, right? If Ole Miss had kicked, correct. No, that was the first year of. A... That's the first year of overtime. Or, or no, overtime was an option. There was overtime. There was overtime. But Ole Miss went for two. Yeah. Sco- scored with how much time left? There was enough time for State to, to run a couple more plays. So a little, I don't I don't have to I'd have to go back. It was Less than a minute, I, I think. A minute. We yeah. had ties in my lifetime in college football. Yeah, and now that I think about it, ninety six was the first year where they 96 had ninety six or ninety four. Ninety four they had ties. So up until 1996, they had ties in college football? Yeah. And people were okay with that? Well, I mean, you know. It's, what it's, kind it's of Russian watch. commie sport 19, is college 1996 football? 1996 was when overtime. Yeah. State's first overtime game was uh, the against Arkansas. They beat Alabama, and then the next week they went to overtime and lost against Arkansas in very typical Mississippi State fashion. Why did it take that long? We're not soccer. We don't have. Uh, I mean, it used to be. What? What are road touchdowns going to count for seven and a half points like they do in soccer? Why? Yeah. What is wrong? Why, why did it take so long? And we're going to do the same thing about the the twelve team playoff too. Despite Chase, uh, our, our friend Chase, on the text lines objections. Let, let's pretend for a second that we don't go to four. And Washington, Ohio State, and Georgia are all undefeated. I can't believe we were okay with a system that would allow one of those three teams to be left out of the championship. And I can't believe we are now, we were, for a period of time, okay with only four teams making it. It's 130 teams in the in the conference, or in the, the division. 130. And four of them make the playoffs? We'll look back 10 years from now and think, what were we thinking? Makes no sense. It's crazy. And you'll get to feel it. I mean, I I know you've called postseason events before, but even at the FCS level, man, this is what I was talking to to somebody about uh, the other night. So I I grew up going to Furman games. That's what my dad and I did. I'll never forget the feeling of the atmosphere for the Western Kentucky game at Paladin Stadium before they moved up to D1 and how cool all that was, how cool playoff football is. 
there, there are only a select few college football fans that have ever gotten that feeling before. Now have that feeling on your campus. Think about that. It's it's gonna be amazing. So Ole Miss and State won baseball national championships recently, and I said this. It was the the live podcast report, recording I was doing, and I said you as a fan have never felt what that will feel like. And yes, I know your baseball team just won a championship. I know that. You as a fan have never felt what a playoff game in your football stadium has ever felt like before, and right. getting that feeling is going to be something incredible. And to that point, hey, Dad, they're Ole Miss fans that are nervous, right? They look, okay, the, the line is kind of weird, banged up on the offensive line. Yeah, maybe not playing as well as they were. State with an interim head coach, chance to sport. Can you imagine if a playoff spot was hanging in the balance? If this were one year from right now and the situation were exactly the can you imagine the level of nerves for Ole Miss fans going yeah. into this game? Be another layer. A playoff spot was hanging in the balance. Oh wow. There would be another layer to it for sure. Yeah. Certainly, uh certainly would be. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll take a timeout. We're back with you after this. Half an hour left on this Wednesday on the eve of the Egg Bowl and the eve of Thanksgiving. Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Rolling on with you on this Wednesday afternoon on the eve of the Egg Bowl, the eve of Thanksgiving. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. K.J. Wright joins us, a former Olive Branch conquistador, a former Mississippi State Bulldog, a former Seattle Seahawk, now the host of the K.J. Wright Show on ESPN 710 in Seattle. And the KJ All Day Podcast. KJ, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's that time of the year. Last game. Going to start here. Got the Egg Bowl, so I'm fairly excited to be tuning in tomorrow. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. You played in four of them. Give me the game and the memory from a game that stands out most for you. Ooh, okay, so I was 3-1 and one against those guys, and I can't lie, my favorite memory was my freshman year. Ole Miss was in full control of the game. It was in Starkville, Mississippi. We were battling, fighting, scratching, clawing the whole time. And um, they kicked a punt to Derek Piggies out of South Canola High School. And, uh, man, I, I, I don't want to take too much credit, but I put together a phenomenal block that led to a game-winning punt-return touchdown to um, 
um, to steal the game. If you go watch the highlights, you'll see number 34 out of nowhere just put together these big-time blocks that led to Derek Piggy's score. And so um, that was a really, really fun moment for me. And um, obviously, my senior year, my senior year, we went to Oxford, Mississippi. And I don't know if you remember a guy by the name of Jeremiah Mastoni. He transferred from Oregon, and he was a starting quarterback. And uh, he was pretty dang good. But we went up to Oxford. And uh, we handled business. I had a, a lights out game. And so um, it was fun. It was really, really fun. Anytime you played those guys, but obviously when you beat them. And so 3 and 1, I can hang my hat on um, saying I own those guys in my tenure at State. So that 2007 game, Ole Miss led 14 to nothing with about eight minutes to go. State ended up winning 17 14. And that marked the end of the Ed Ogeron era at Ole Miss. Interestingly enough, the next season, 2008, marked the end of the Sylvester Croom era and translated yeah. uh, moving forward into uh, into Dan Mullen's time at, uh, at Mississippi State. It's crazy, KJ, how many times the outcome of this game has kind of led to a change at one program or the other. Oh, it, it shows you how serious it is. It shows you that you can go 0-11, but if you win that one game, your job is pretty secure. <laughs> And so, um, both we know the history behind these two programs. They're about an hour away from each other, right in the same state, recruiting the same guys. Um, you know, if some guys that come down, don't want to go to Oxford, or don't want to go to Starkville, don't want to play with this coach, don't want to play with that coach. And so, um, the, it's rooted, it goes back to however long this rivalry goes back to. And so, um, it was special. You felt when you were in the building, we had a shot clock or a countdown clock to when we would play the Ole Miss Rebels, and so when you worked out, when you trained, when you watched film, you knew that it meant to lift something extra whenever you played that team up north. KJ, this is the first Egg Bowl in quite some time where Mississippi State has been a big underdog, and I would say the last time that happened was your junior year in 2009. Now, you guys were able to win that game against a, a ranked Ole Miss team. What was Coach Mullins' message to you guys that week? I talked to him earlier this week. He said that you guys had a bad week of practice that week, and he, he wasn't that confident going into the game. Well, he was, what? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, this was this was his first time um, playing in a rivalry quite like this, and so you know it doesn't matter what the week can look like. It's just something when you step on that football field, you just knew it was game time. And I, I junior, yeah, it was it wasn't the best. And Chris Ruff was that quarterback. We had Booby Dixon, myself, Jamar Cheney, but um, yeah, man, the elbows it just hit different. And um, I just remember that week, we knew that they had plenty of talent. They had, I don't know if you remember, uh, what's the running back with the dress number 22, the fast guy, the speedy guy? McCluster. Um, McCluster, yes, 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 yes. And um, Sneed, I believe, was their quarterback. They had Marquise Summers. So they had some guys over there. But we knew that we wanted to rain on that parade. We wanted to come out and handle business, put on a show in front of our home crowd. And so the rest of history, I remember forcing a fumble. That game on my cluster, and I, I, I balled all the time against those guys. They tried to run a screen on me. I forced the fumble. Uh, we recovered it. Mississippi State football. And so um, it was always a fun time whenever we played those guys. And supposed to end our season on a high note like that, it propelled us into a 9-4 football season that we had the following year. 
KJ, one thing I always see is guys in the NFL when you when you get into the locker room and there's a, there's a guy from the other school there, you always make some 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 odd bets. You know, you get guys wearing the wrong clothes or you know, guys having to sing fight songs. Did you ever play with any Ole Miss players and and, and win a bet with them or lose a bet to them? DK Metcalf. <laughs> Everyone knows who that is. And um, oh yeah, I remember watching him when I was in the pros. I was like, who is this guy doing this silly dog urinating? Um, <laughs> celebration, and uh, Lord behold, he became my teammate. And so uh, we never made any bets. We never, we never did any of that stuff. But you best believe that um, the following um, Saturday, that Saturday night, I ran into obviously I saw him every time and talked my trash to him. But um, to be a guy from Mississippi, we both are from the state of Mississippi. He went to Old Miss. So I definitely gave him crap every time we whipped up on him. I'm uh, I'm sure you did. It's worked out for him, okay, in the NFL. Oh, he's he's doing decent. He's pretty. He's rich, making a lot of plays, so <laughs> it worked out for him. I mean, for a guy that went to school at Ole Miss, I guess it's been okay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just uh, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, any time that um, you had a guy, because Coach Carroll, what he would do, I played with a uh, head coach Pete Carroll. Every week he would put up the matchup, so he'll put like Mississippi State versus Alabama, and he'll have like all the guys that's from Mississippi State on the team, all the guys from Alabama on the team. It'd be um, Mississippi State versus Ole Miss, and he'd put up the names of the guys. And so you had that bragging rights whenever you went into that Saturday night meeting. And uh, we would even have shootoffs sometimes, like Michigan, Ohio State. Get up here, X player. Get up here, the other player, and those guys just go at it. So he traded that that um, college atmosphere type of trash-talking environment to where we've, although we've been Seattle, we can still you know, in our school the right way. Visiting with uh, K.J. Wright, who is uh, retired now and has got a media career that is blossoming in the uh, Pacific Northwest, the K.J. All-Day Podcast. Uh, I saw a clip on, on Twitter. You were asked uh, your thoughts on Mississippi State as they look for a, uh, a new head coach. Um, you've been around the NFL. You've seen guys that have gone college to the NFL, NFL to college. Uh, any thoughts on who would make sense for uh, for Mississippi State in your mind? I said Joe Judge, the the coach of the New England Patriots. You know, it only makes, it only makes sense to me. He um, from Mississippi, played at State. He was my coach my freshman year. He was in the building then. And I was looking at a guy that understands culture very well, someone that understands winning very well. Super Bowl champion. He's a national champion. And he learned from Bill Belichick. He's learned from Nick Saban. And so the next guy I want coming in is someone that will bring in a culture that we need, something we can hang our hat on, um, an identity in Starkville, Mississippi. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to meet up and coming offensive guru or defensive-minded guy. Get someone that understands what we're looking for as a program. And um, I know he's someone that would love to come. He's someone that understands um, Mississippi State very well. And um, he has head coaching experience. And just because it didn't work out in New York, it doesn't mean that he's going to come up down to start the other blow up the place. He's, he's going to learn what he did well, but he's going to learn what he didn't do so well. And so um, we're looking for some more toughness from this football team, some more grit. And he's the person that can for sure get that done. KJ, if he calls you and says, "Come coach linebackers for me," if he got the job, what are you going to say? Uh, if you give me five million dollars, I got you. 
That's a pretty big salary for a linebackers coach, but uh, I, I like uh, you can't get it if you don't ask for it. Can't get it if you don't ask for it. Hey, uh, KJ, what's the what's the plan for Thanksgiving? Are, are you in charge of anything? Do you have to cook? First of all, I'm thoroughly excited because I haven't been home for Thanksgiving since um, college. And so obviously I've been playing in the NFL these past 11, 12 years. And so glad to be home in, in Mississippi with the family. And um, I'm making spaghetti tomorrow. It may sound like a weird dish, but um, I do a little – I'm mixing a lot of cool recipes to make some really good spaghetti. So I'm in charge of that. As soon as I wake up, I'm getting a nice workout in, getting the spaghetti done, and my work is done for the rest of the day. Will there be turkey and like traditional Thanksgiving, or is it like full on Italian for Thanksgiving? Oh no, no, no. it's uh, it, it's it's turkey. We got turkey dressing, okay, um, green beans, casserole, all that fun stuff, and so on. Spaghetti, it's a little curveball, but um, it's more like a southern spaghetti than a Italian yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a that's a great side. Good good addition. KJ, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck with the podcast. You want to listen to it. It's called KJ All Day. Uh, former Mississippi State Bulldog, former Olive Branch Conquistador. Uh, appreciate you joining us, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for having me. That's KJ Wright, legend at Mississippi State, played on the 2007, 8, 9, and 10 Egg Bowl teams, or Mississippi State teams and had a 3-1 and one record in the Egg Bowl. We'll wrap it up with you. Coming up next, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Last segment of the show on the eve of the Egg Bowl, the eve of Thanksgiving. As we said at the beginning of the show, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. And if you're traveling or maybe you've already reached your destination or you're going to get up and roll early in the morning, uh, please be safe. Hope you enjoy a great time with family and friends and that the Egg Bowl uh, turns out exactly how you want it to, if you're an Ole Miss fan. Uh, We are glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, but just because we are done doesn't mean that uh, the talk about the Egg Bowl is done. It will be slanted, I'm sure. But uh, as soon as we get finished, Thunder and Lightning on the radio, hosted by Brian Haydad. Haydad, what's coming up tonight on Thunder and Lightning? This man just said it's going to be slanted right after he said, if it's all Ole Miss fans, you homer. Uh, it is Egg Bowl talk for sure. We'll have plenty of that with uh, what's who is the guy? Hold on, what's what? Who's on the show tonight? Richard Cross. What Borky couldn't make it? He could right. have. Rich, don't just play along. Just just who? just sell for me one time. No. Anyway. Anyway, I had you on the podcast. That is true. Anyway, Richard Cross joins me. We'll talk about the Egg Bowl. Uh, we'll have plenty of preview. Plus, we'll talk a little hoops. we got to talk about that basketball team. Oops. They're playing really well right now. All that and more on Thunder and Lightning Live coming up in just a moment. I feel like that was kind of a half-hearted introduction. Yeah, well. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think about all the times that you didn't promo the show at all. And yeah. Well, yeah, you get what like you you get what you get since it began. <sighs> Maybe That's, twice. It feels low. Feels I mean, low. You, you you get feel like there's some, every some time misremembering. It's like you would prefer that I not so that you can hold it over my head that I forgot to remind people that it's coming up next. Exactly. Uh, predictions? Thorky? Ole Miss 35, Mississippi State 17. No field goals, okay. There's a field goal in there. 35-17? Not a math I meant, guy. I, I meant he thought that Ole Miss was going to score five touchdowns without kicking a field is that goal. What he, is that what you thought? Yeah, it kind of is. Ah, okay. Hey, Dan? Ole Miss 35, Mississippi State 10. Ah, no field goals. <laughs> Just the one. Uh, let's see if I can do this. <laughs> Go no field goals. Ole Miss 35, Mississippi State 6 with three safeties. No field goals. Sa- <laughs> Would be the most incredible result possibly it, ever. It really, I mean, I can't imagine. Like, wait, they scored five touchdowns just, and there were three safeties <laughs> and they pitched the a punter shutout. had an incredible what? day. Just kept coughing, cornering that thing, man. Um, no, I, I Is that think your real, uh, uh, prediction there. Let's go uh, thirty-eight twenty. I got to predict a cover, don't I? It's fourteen and a half. Yeah. I better predict one. Uh, we'll go twenty-eight twenty-three. Not not twenty. Thirty-eight twenty-three. Okay. I don't know. I hate <laughs> predicting scores. It's the worst. It's like. Whatever. This is the one game where we have to do it, though. We have to. You have to give a score yeah. on this one. And we'll do this on Monday, like the college football playoff stuff. But when people say things like, well, who would be favored? Or, oh, you would bet on Alabama to beat Oregon right now? It's like, yeah, probably. But I lose all the time. That is the worst argument for this team is better than that team, is who you would bet on. You think casinos get built out of losing? Us losing, yeah. That they don't lose more than they they, they win more than they lose. It's, just, yeah. it's a known fact. Hey, what's the crowd going to be like tomorrow night? I think it's sold out. Game uh, they they announced today the game is a sellout, so I think it'll be big early, and then we'll see where it takes us. So all the ta- will, will will people show up? Like the, that's the thing, right? Think, it's I, like okay, it's, all the tickets are sold. Yeah. I, I, It'd be really cool. If I think. I mean, it's the, in there and it's it's the Egg Bowl. State fans will show up. I think, and and they'll 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 see what happens. I tend to agree. Uh, I, I tend to agree. I think it's got a chance to be a, a really good environment right out of the gate, and we'll see how um, Ole Miss weathers the storm early in terms of the noise and the enthusiasm and the emotion. If Mississippi State can ride that wave of emotion into really turning it into a. Uh, it, it, tell me this, hey, Dad. Is best case scenario? I know best case scenario would be states up three scores going into the fourth quarter. Is best case scenario though? It's a tight game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then you just see what happens. Who knows? Maybe we end up with an all-timer. Thanks for being with us. We hope you and your family and your friends have a incredibly safe and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. We will be back with you on Friday. Best of Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, it's an Egg Bowl-themed show coming up tomorrow. Uh, good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.